Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Sports Opinions Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Cuesta. You can find me on Twitter at AQuestaNBN. Joining me today are Sports Opinions contributors Kyle K. Doc Doctor and Matthew Santos. You can find both of these guys on Twitter, KDoc at BravesMolder and Santos at M underscore Santos7. Hey guys, how's it going? Going well. Yeah, I'm doing all right. All right, just <laughs> getting right into things. Uh, today, we're going to cover the NBA Summer League, a little bit of NBA free agency, a couple of different rule changes in the NBA, some MLB All-Star Weekend stuff, second half outlooks. We're going to touch on some soccer. So getting right into things, we're going to talk about the NBA Summer League because everyone else is. I have no idea why. People are talking about the Summer League so much. It's definitely getting more attention than it normally has. So my big question is, why do so many people care? Should we really care? K-Doc, what do you think? Should we actually care about the Summer League? I'm going to go with, we don't need to care about it, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I I couldn't care less. I've watched maybe a little bit of one Hawk Summer League game just because I heard so much about John Collins. I just wanted to see what's going on with him. Other than that, I just think it's fun to see the league being talked about. It's just good for the league, but I don't think anybody should really go into it like an actual game in October and November. Santos, do you have any sort of care at all for the NBA Summer League? Absolutely not. I think it, <laughs> I think it's just the dumbest thing. I don't I don't see the point in it. We don't cover other things like this. We don't the preseason we cover like this, but this is for young stars. They don't fill the arenas. These are guys that might not make the roster. We don't cover the AAA. Like, the AAA is probably more competitive than the NBA Summer League. You see Alonzo Ball does it. He's just better than everyone else because these aren't NBA-caliber players, and we make a big deal out of nothing. The reason we're hearing about this, and it's why we're annoyed about it, I mean, I'm not so much as Matt, of course, but uh, <laughs> it's just the culture of ESPN, and it's just... It's just terrible. It's just a terrible culture of ESPN because I think what I saw last night was a tweet from ESPN differentiating the points per game and assists per game, rebounds per game for Lonzo in the different types of shoes he was wearing. And I'm actually I'm actually happy you guys mentioned Lonzo Ball. Um, everyone know he's been tearing it up in the summer league. Obviously, like Matt said, he's an NBA caliber player against a bunch of guys who are probably going to either be in Europe or in the G League all year. And you also have guys like Jason Tatum and Fox tearing it up because, again, they're great players. These guys are great rookies. They're probably all going to be in the rookie of the year contention. I know, Doc, you guys have a good player on your Atlanta Hawks who you love so much. Uh, Talk about him a little bit. Yeah, hello, other Hawks fans out there. I know you're not out there, so I'll just speak (laughs) for the five of us that are out there. But yeah, John Collins has been gathering up a lot of hype just for the highlight dunks. I mean, he was just going uh, all out on some guys. That's all I'm seeing from the Hawks feed. I mean, and to be honest, that's what's all going on for the Hawks in going into the season. That's all we can be excited about. All right. And um, can we take a second right here? And everyone's been talking about the Sixers, how well they've done. Can we take a second to kind of poke fun at them again? Marco Fultz, number one pick had an injury in his first summer league game, keeping him out for the rest of the summer league. Isn't this just the Sixers' luck? We go back to last year, Ben Simmons. Two years ago, uh, Okafor. Three years ago, Joel Embiid. All of these guys suffering terrible injuries. 
that have kept him out for extended period of time. Now Fultz is apparently going to be ready for the season, but what type of luck do the Sixers have? This is pretty ridiculous at this point. Well, first off, uh, okay, you want to go first, Matt? Yeah, I'll go first. Well, I I mean, if you're going to tank, I guess the karma comes back around. (laughs) And I don't think they really mind if they get hurt. I mean, maybe they root for it at this point. They get another first-round pick. Maybe he'll play next year. Who knows? And then they just go from there. They they figured out the NBA. But Matt, they're selling. They're talking about on ESPN that every game's going to be sold out. Well, I, don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I haven't seen Simmons on floor yet like that. And Fultz, eh, you saw two summer league games, but there's not much to make out of it. Now, what do we and know Alex, about? What do we know? Have to ask me twice <laughs> to make fun of a Philadelphia team. Oh, I know. And also, but what do we know? Uh, what do we know about Ben Simmons? All I know about him is that he couldn't take an LSU team to the NCAA tournament. How is this yeah. kid going to be a stud in the NBA? I know all the scouts say he has all the skills, but let's look at um, guys like Jimmer Fredette had a lot of skill. Adam Morrison had a lot of skill. Now, I don't compare Ben Simmons. I think he's better in both of those scrubs. But uh, come on, we don't know anything about this kid. Uh, well. The LSU thing is all about their coach. If that's in the discussion for another month, because we're not there yet for college basketball, but LSU, I don't blame on him, because Johnny Jones is just terrible and he can't do anything with talent. But I, I think I just it's a wait and see game with Ben. Definitely, just he has the skills, and you know he had the bad year. He was injured last year. It's just everybody wants to see what can happen. I know Philly is craving for him to be like the LeBron. They just want they just want something to happen, and it's just a wait and see game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you could say the same thing from Markel Fultz. Washington was arguably worse than LSU. I don't even – Washington didn't even make the NIT. And we drafted this – and the 76ers drafted this guy number one overall. It brings you to wonder if these players are so good, why are their teams so bad? But maybe the NBA is changing. It's not like it used to be where players can just single-handedly win titles. Now you need two or three. You look at the teams being made now, and you wonder. And have players ever single-handedly won titles? Never. But And also, speaking of teams being made, uh, moving on to free agency, week two was still pretty exciting. The big, name, uh, big names were gone, but there were still some pretty good guys. One of those guys, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, my Nets had high hopes that they could grab him. But he obviously went the other way, signing a one-year, $23 million deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. On paper, the Lakers look like they're building a good team. They're definitely going to have to gel in reality and during the season. And I don't think they're quite a playoff team yet in that deep, deep West. But they're doing some good things there. What do you guys think about Caldwell Pope over to the Lakers? Uh, I enjoy Caldwell Pope. uh, Caldwell Pope, I think he's a good player. And I think he could really help bring that Laker team along. He's a young talent, and maybe this one-year deal is a bridge for something in the future. I, I agree. I mean, uh, he's a lot of – he was very talented, touted as, like, you know, one of the only good stellar Georgia players that are the, since, like, uh, Neek. And, you know, he has been awesome. I, I've watched a couple games when he played against the Hawks. And I was, he, says, he can be stellar at times. I think he's going to be a good fit to see for the Lakers going in the future because, you know – they're almost at there. They need one more, maybe one more draft and another free agency. Everybody's talking about that. So he's going to be good for there. Speaking of the Hawks in UK, Doc, uh, Dwayne Dedman signs with the Hawks. I think he's a really good replacement for Howard, who was uh, 
ousted. Uh, you right at this point in their career, he's a better rim defender. Howard was on the other side of uh, posters a lot this year. And if Deadman can develop any sort of offense, you get a nice player there, and he's young enough that he could still grow with the team. How do you feel about that move? I think it's a, it's a great move because I know right now, I'm going to plug my own piece. I know it's coming out about the Hawks. <laughs> I talked about the Hawks rebuild. My boy Travis, I think Schlank, I think that's how he say it. He's got to start new, and uh, just Dwayne, Dwayne's going to be there for the first two. I'm looking at his stats right now from last year. He played in the most games, had the most minutes, and his percentage was highest in his career. And it, and that's good when you play the most games. You don't know if it's going to go. the percentage is going to go down because they're playing in more games. But for him, it went up. So that that's kind of exciting. I think he's just, he's just a role player right now because clearly the Hawks need to go 20 or more games under 500 this year. That needs a that transition where the Nets were, I mean they still are right now because we don't know what's going to happen with the Nets. But that's where the Hawks are right now. They just need to start over after the fiasco the last two years. And yeah, look out for that. There's definitely going to be a piece. Kadoc wrote a great piece on um, the rebuild that the Hawks are about to go through. They have a great new GM, so take a look out for that. Moving on to a team that probably has to rebuild. Santos, your New York Knicks, trying to deal Melo any way they can. Thought it was a done deal for him to go to Houston. Now all the words is that that deal is dead. Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? We know that they're not good enough to win with Melo, especially with the team they have around them. My opinion, they should take the best deal that they can get. But if he does stay, they got to make him the focal point of any offense, drive his value up, and get him out of New York as quick as possible. What do you think, Santos? Oh, I think if I was Steve Mills and the rest of the front office, I'd be trying to deal him any which way I can. I've been, I would try to swoon him into going anywhere. You need to, we need to deal him, but we can't deal him for nothing. We need to get some sort of value out of him. And the price might not be high, but I think it's better off because Porzingis regressed last year, and a lot of it comes down not only on Phil Jackson, but on Carmelo not wanting to change his game and stuff like that. And we just have to get away from the old and bring in the new with Frank and Porzingis. And something I just thought of, Santos, do you think if Anthony stays, we saw Tim Hardaway Jr., he got that big deal, people are going to say whatever they want about the deal, but like you said, that's the current state of the NBA, we overpay. They said that Hardaway needs to get better at shooting, and I know Doc knows a lot about Hardaway from last season with his Hawks, he needs to get better at shooting, he needs to get a little bit better at everything. Well, having Melo there eating up shots cut into the development of Hardaway and letting him become a better player? Oh, I think it'll cut in on all the young stars. He's an isolationist. He needs the ball, and he wants a one-on-one. He's going to jab-step you to death and then pull up a 17-contested-foot jump shot. We know what's going to happen, and we're just going to let him do it. We need to let the new players see what we can do and get him out of New York. So uh, if I can add on, just talk about Tim uh, Hardaway. He had, and the good thing for the Knicks is you'll like DeSantos. He came off the best year so far it, it, it's by far the best year his shooting percentage was at uh is 25 points higher than his best year his uh two point percentage was the same but three points much better i mean it wasn't the, from like the first year of the knicks it looks like it was his best but it's almost back to that level and i think the knicks are getting something they can really use right now and he's at the best stage of his career he's only 24 years old i, I want to see what he could develop into 
And just for a quick point, me, K-Doc, and Santos have known each other for a real long time now. That might be the nicest thing I've ever heard K-Doc say to Santos in regards to sports. So this moment probably needs to be marked down on the calendar. <laughs> he told me to be nice on the first show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so move on. I'm just going to do some quick things. NBA rule changes they came down with. The trade deadline was moved from Feb, uh, moved to February 8th. It's now before the All-Star break. It's traditionally been after the All-Star break. And the NBA preseason got shortened. And this season's going to start on October 17th. Started 10 days later last year on October 27th. They moved the trade deadline up because they wanted to make borderline playoff teams, make quicker decisions, see bigger deals. And the preseason shortening added more days off, less back-to-backs. My big question to both of you, will either of these rules really make a difference in the NBA? First off, uh, I'm all for the preseason. I'm all for that. Because I think that's something that we, uh, I think everybody's been egging on the NFL to do, for the, to go from four to two games. And I feel like that's just something else. Uh, I know it's specifically for the NFL, but I think it's a good thing for the NBA. We don't need them out there too long. Uh, we don't want to. Ri- I mean, you see the Sixers are going to injure like their entire starting lineup <laughs> if we have a preseason too long. And for the trade deadline, entirely against. I always felt like coming off of the All Star break, and I've seen it also. It's just fun right now in the MLB too. It's always been fun to see it after the All Star break coming off of that to see things happen and something to talk about during the break. Santos, what do you think about it? Uh, my thoughts are the preseason, I don't think it's going to change much. It's not that much earlier to really make a difference. The NBA players are still going to complain about being tired when we get down to it. But, but Santos, uh, the rest days. They need the rest days, the Santos. Rest days, it's 82 games. You play You play 32 minutes a night. Relax. <laughs> now LeBron's going to play like 50 games. But on, I don't like the trade deadline move. Why do that? You want? Wouldn't you want? This also is unbalancing the the talent. If you're forcing these borderline teams to decide if they want if they should sell or not, and it's just bringing it's making it's just bringing the talent to these better teams and building more of these super teams. I feel like. And how crazy is that going to be if an all star gets traded literally right before the all star game, and now they're going from this team that they were on, and the first time we're going to see them in their new jersey is in the, in a, in the All-Star game. That's going to be insane. Yeah, I, I'm i not a fan of it, but I, I'm still on. I'm still willing to listen to the opposing argu- arguments. Well, you won't find it here. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that I'm all NBA'd out for today. We're going to move on to Major League Baseball, and they actually had a pretty darn good uh, All-Star weekend. They had the Derby. They had the All-Star Game. This derby was one of the most anticipated derbies, and for the most part, it didn't disappoint. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton were the big draws. They were the two that were supposed to face off. There was some controversy regarding Sanchez being in it. I touched on that in the last podcast. He knocked out Stanton and showed he belonged there, paved the way for Judge to get a win. I thought that the derby was pretty exciting. The first round was awesome. But, Santos, you commented on this when we talked before. Four minutes is way too long for each round. All players not named Aaron Judge were absolutely beat by the second round. So, what did you guys think of the Home Run Derby specifically? I thought it was fun, but I still think it needs some changes in order for it to be optimized. 
Oh, yeah, I agree. I think when more changes are necessary, you see, guys, you saw it on Miguel Santos' face. He's a big guy. <laughs> he was tired by the end of it, and he's going up against a stud in Aaron Judge. I mean, I don't think anyone has a chance, but four minutes of hitting balls out of the park, and we're at least trying after the, after the first three minutes, not a lot of home runs were hit, so... A change needs to be made. Maybe make it three minutes. Maybe do something with the bonus time or maybe the timeouts. But all in all, it was a good home run derby. I never – I'm honest here. I never thought about that until you brought it up just now, Alex and Santos. I really never thought about the time limit. But now that I actually think about it, I, I agree. I think we could uh, shorten it by maybe a minute. But I, I over the derby was extremely fun. I don't remember a derby being that exciting. And we all knew that coming in basically because – they're on pace to break the home run record as a whole league from two, the year 2000. That's hearts of the steroid era. And in 2017, they're going to break that record, shatter it. That's crazy. I think one thing they could do, I think four minutes for the first round is good. A lot of guys are hyped up. Then drop it down to three. And then the final round, just make it two minutes. I feel like even if you're exhausted, these guys will just swing super hard for two minutes. They could tough it out. I think that would probably be a good way. Four three two. What do you guys think? Quick, quick answer, yes or no, Doc. What do you think? Uh, of that, I probably would be good. I think it'll be how it how it is. I mean, it's good. You're seeing these guys tire right now. I think it would be a good change. Santos. Yeah, I agree. All right, now going on to the All Star game, Doc. You were talking about how good we've been hitting. This All Star game didn't show anything like the stats that you showed. It was essentially a pitcher's duel. There were a good amount of hits, but. Nothing really came from it run-wise. The AL beat the NL 2-1 to one on a Robbie Cano uh, run in the 10th inning. Yeah, we had extra inning baseball in an all-star game. I really enjoyed it. That, to me, is good baseball. Pitchers throwing, locating, really trying to outsmart the hitters and succeeding in it. And my biggest thing that I took away from this is each and every single guy, every pitcher out there, they played hard, and there was nothing on the line. It was an exhibition. I really enjoyed the game. What did you guys think? Doc, how did you like the All-Star game? Well, first off, since you said exhibition, hallelujah, that rule with the home field advantage is gone. Thank you. <laughs> and I think we needed the best team, American League, National League, to just get the home field advantage. We didn't need that anymore, number one. And number two, I mean, yeah, it just goes back to it. You always go back to even in the, I'm going to bring up the steroid era again, those teams that hit a lot of home runs didn't win because the pitching was just based on pitching a lot. And it shows how awesome some of these pitchers are, especially the late relievers. I mean, seeing Andrew Miller, I mean, Kimber blew it yesterday, but he's awesome. Canley Jansen, a lot of these guys out there, it's just the starters too, you know, your typical Kershaws, your Klubers, your all, all those guys out there. And it just provides for how awesome both sides of the ball are. And I'm glad it was a great pitching matchup. Great game. It really made me feel like they care uh, watching this this uh, all-star game. It made me, they, didn't, they weren't out there just, you know, trying to hit bombs and just swinging crazy. They tried to play baseball, and it's fun to see as many changes of the game's going through. It's not getting too out of hand. Uh, the MLB All-Star Game is one of the best All-Star Games. It's up there with the Hockey All-Star Game, which I think is fantastic. And they're significantly better in the jokes that the NFL and the NBA put on. So kudos to Major League Baseball. Kudos to the players, as Matt said. These guys cared. It was an exhibition, but they tried. No one was there just kind of laughing it off. This was a game everyone there wanted to win. Now we're going to touch on how 
the Yankees players that were in it, the Mets player, and the Braves player there that was in it. Go over Yankees. Judge and Sanchez, they combined 0 for 5. Tough night for hitters. Batantis had one inning, kind of shaky. He didn't allow a run. He had let two walks go and had two strikeouts. Severino didn't pitch. The Mets had Comforto. He went one for two. Actually not bad on a night that the pitchers were ruling. And for the Braves, Inciarte was 0 for 2. Overall, guys, did you think that the players showed out okay for all of those respective teams? Or were you disappointed with what you saw? Oh, well... I wasn't disappointed. I mean, it's an all-star game. It really doesn't matter. They're trying to have fun. I mean, it's probably overwhelming. You look next to you and you're on a team with uh, Andrew Miller and in Cody Bellinger's playing with Charlie Blackman and stuff like that, and you're just looking around next to all these studs that you grew up watching, and you get a little hung up maybe with Judge and Sanchez and uh, the rest of them. So, you know what? It can be overwhelming at times, but it's it doesn't matter. It's The stats don't contribute. Yeah, I'm with Matt. I really didn't care if anybody did good or bad. Cause it's not going to say, oh, if he got over too when he struck out both times. Like, come on, he's pitching. Who's pitching? Probably uh, Kershaw probably struck him out twice. It's like, is that a bad thing? And how I thought about NCR, it is in his at-bats. I think one was against Miller in the in the extra innings, I think. And it, he hit the ball hard both times. It was kind of cool to see how hot he is right now in general he has a batting average over 300 he did well but you know again like Matt it just really doesn't matter and I'll make a comment for the Mets since we don't have a Mets fan amongst us Uh, Michael Conforto was there he's the only hit out of the guys that we talked about he went one for two but in my eyes I don't think he's the all-star of that Mets team he had a hot start but Jay Bruce has been the cog that makes that wheel turn especially when Cespedes was out I think Jay Bruce was robbed of an all-star bid But Michael Conforto did get a hit, did show out for the Mets decently, and I thought it was kind of interesting. All of these amazing pitchers for the Mets, none of them were there. I found that a little funny. Uh, Well, Well, they're all on the DL. Yeah, I mean, mean, if there was a DL All-Star game, you've had about seven Mets on there. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I mean, no, what are you going to talk about? I mean, you can't blame any of them for not being the All-Star game when you have a team that mismanages their players like the Mets do. What do they have, Harvey, like go throw a simulated game and not tell him that day that he was going to pitch the next day and then he gets beat up by the Braves that's a joke yeah I wouldn't want to get Mets fans started about uh their whole entire situation with how they manage injuries and moving on we're going to talk about the MLB second half and I can't talk about that without talking about what Cody Bellinger did last night Santos you mentioned him he hits for the cycle last night That is just unbelievable. First rookie in Dodgers history to do it. I don't know if there's been another rookie. There probably is one in history. It probably goes way back. But this kid is something special. You have a kid on the West Coast like Cody Bellinger hitting the ball out of the park left and right, playing good baseball. You have Aaron Judge on the East Coast playing really good baseball. Both rookies. Is the MLB better when two storied franchises like the Dodgers and the Yankees both have players that could be the face of baseball. What do you think, Santos, since you're a Yankees fan? Oh, I think it it couldn't get any better. You have the team that the Dodgers lead every statistic when it comes to attendance by a large margin, so you couldn't do better with them having a young stud. And then you're in New York, you're in the the most storied franchise in all of sports, 
with the Yankees. I mean, you really can't get it any bigger than that. I think the MLB is very happy. Doc, what do you think, considering you're a Braves fan and this kind of, uh, you kind of hate the Yankees, I know that. So what do you think? Is this better for the league as a whole? Or as a Braves fan, do you kind of not care about either of these guys? Yeah, yeah, trust me. We're going to get the bias out right here. Trust me. We'll talk about the Yankees a lot. Like You won't see that from the Dodgers. You go on Twitter a lot, especially when we're playing them. Braves country, we we hate them, especially when Puig (laughs) was getting all marketed, when he was doing his uh, little uh, Nancy boy stuff out there. (laughs) Yeah, they're annoying. I mean, but we don't like them. Not as much as some other teams, but now getting the glasses off, the goggles off, I really think that the league, which every, everybody's been criticizing for not uh, marketing their superstars as much, especially with how the NBA and the NFL are doing it, it's good. It's really good for them to see uh, Aaron Judge just on these billboards everywhere on TV, and especially Bellinger in those big cities. I mean, it's really good for the MLB to have those guys up there, especially when they're on the good teams. You know, they're trying the hardest. You see the MLB tweeting out for Harper every single time, just trying to market the superstars. When you have guys on those teams, it's much easier, but you know, the MLB could be doing better. And it's funny because we have, before these two, we've had great players. You mentioned Bryce Harper. Uh, Mike Trout is unequivocally the best player we've seen in our generation. There is nobody that's played better baseball than him since he's been in the league. But I think it has everything to do with the markets that these two guys play in. They play in the two largest markets. Do you think that these two players are going to help guys like a Mike Trout, who's in a smaller market, like a Bryce Harper, who is on arguably the best team in the league right now with the Nationals running away with the NL East. Whoa, you, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're the best team in the league? They're arguably, they're right up there. They're playing really good baseball. I know the you're... The Dodgers a, have 60 wins. The Dodgers the do Astros have... have 60 wins. Oh, I agree. But if you're looking at a team that has a World yeah, Series chance, they definitely have a World Series league. chance. But Danny Boy Murphy. Danny he's, Boy he's, Murphy. He's, he's ripping the league. They have the best one-two punch in baseball. And here we go. Doc has his NL East, uh, <laughs> NL East fire going. <laughs> I'm allowed to do this, right? We're allowed to do this. Oh, you're definitely. I mean, this is your. Right, this is your forte. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, if it came down, I, are you going to trust Strasburg and Scherzer, or are you going to trust uh, Kershaw and who Kenta Maeda? Who Am I missing? So it's not going to be... It worked uh, last year when they beat them in five games. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, they, how can I trust... You can't call the team of the league. They haven't won a playoff series. No, I don't think... They haven't won I, a I, no, I didn't series. I didn't, I didn't say they were the team of the league. I said I they're so, one yeah, of... Going after, yeah, let's I said they're one of the best teams in the league. Go after Santa, uh, Alex. <laughs> All right, so, you know, on that note, we'll move on to some of the other things we're looking at in the second half. Our sleeper teams. For me, I spread it out into AL, NL. In the AL, I think the Kansas City Royals are a sleeper team. They've gotten off to a slow start. They can make a run. And in the NL, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're in the thick of the wild card, but I also think they could make a run. Do you guys have sleeper teams that you see? K-Doc, now that I made you all hot and bothered, what do you got? I'm going to be I'm gonna be a little bit biased here because I'm, I'm excited about the sweep today. Just, just I'm going to go with the bias, maybe literally a rational opinion. I'm going to call for the double collapse of the National League wild card. Oh, Both boy. Both teams, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks right now are on a five-game losing streak going back before the All-Star break. The Rockies finally won against the Mets. I mean, the, the Mets. They, they just pulled off a win. 
And the Cubs are hot, too. The Cubs are finally realizing. They got uh, Quintana, who had 12 strikeouts today. Yeah, yeah he had 12 hot. strikeouts. And I think the both teams, the Braves, are finally at 100. I'm going to be a little biased, saying maybe they have a chance to get hot. And I feel like my wild prediction is a Braves-Cubs wild card game, since we're going to put it out there for that. Oh, you're a little early on that. I was asking for your sleepers, but we'll go with that. Oh, my sleepers? Those are the, that, I think that kind of answers your question. That kind of does, yeah. yeah. All right, so Santos, what do you got? Uh, I think uh, maybe the Rays a little bit. I think they're not going to go far, but I think they're a team that nobody's talking about. All right, and what do you got, Santos? Who do you have as your sleepers? Oh, my AL sleeper is the Mariners. Most of their rotation, four out of their five starters were hurt for – for many games in the first half of the season, and now they're all coming back healthy. Felix Hernandez, I have a little bit of a problem with his ERA, so, but he's the king. He's going to get it together. Now, they have a great hitting team. They have an absolutely great hitting team with Nelson Cruz and Robbie Cano at the heart of that lineup. I just don't think they're, they're, 40, they're 46 and 47 record is fair. This is a team that's with on-base percentage that's number seven in the league of 332. And if you get guys on base, you're going to score runs. So I'd watch out for the Mariners. And for my National League, uh, I guess it's not much of a Can I say the Brewers? I mean, no one expects them. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, nobody's talking about them. They're in first place. But I, I'm going to use sleeper in more of a term that they could shock you. I, I don't know if I want to play the Brewers. Miller Park, it's a big advantage. And you know what? The Brewers, they're a good team. They get outs. They had an all-star they had an all-star closer. You know, you never know with the Brewers. They're not that bad. There was... uh, one thing, Alex, before we move on. Go uh, ahead. Just touch, you brought up the Central uh, with the Royals. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think I was watching the documentary on the Indians teams that lost every year in the 90s. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but they were talking 97 was one of the years they references. And it, uh, it was about the Indians winning 86 games. They sucked all year, but they still won the league because of how bad the division was. That kind of reminds me of this year. I think everybody's just sticking around 500. I don't know they're five games over with their lead, maybe six. I didn't check the scores today. But I feel like the Indians are just going to be the best, uh, I guess, the best out of the and division. I think the Indians are going to pick it up and win that. And now we're going to move on. Teams that have been overperforming and that are going to go down in the second half. I'm happy you mentioned the Brewers, Santos. Um, they're my team right now that I think, yeah, they're sitting in first place, but they're a really young team. I don't think they're going to fall so far. I do think that they're going to end up coming a little bit back down to earth. And my American League team, my Yankees, they are still playing out of their minds. They've had two great pitching performances coming back from the All-Star break. But again, I don't know if this pitching is going to last. Their starting pitching is their Achilles heel. Who is going to take Pineda's spot? Is Masahiro Tanaka even a viable starter right now in the league? So those are my two teams that have been well overperforming and have a good chance of coming back down to earth. Doc, who are your two teams that have overperformed? Gino, go to Matt for this. I want to hear what he says about the Yan- you saying the Yankees. Oh, I think my overperforming team for the AL is is the Rays. They have a stud in Corey Dickerson. After that, Evan Longoria, Longoria is old. He's not that good. He he's still a good player, but he's not what he used to be. This Rays team, they have good pieces, but they shouldn't be in the. They're not that good. They're not. I don't. I personally don't think they'll be a wild card team when it comes October. And for the National League, I'd probably I would go with the Rockies. 
I mean, I just don't trust them. They play at a high altitude. You could say their stats are a little bit, a little bit misleading, but they're just not a team with the starting pitching. It's still coming along. It's just he can't win without pitching. The closer, good, needs work, the bullpen. It's just not a good pitching team in a pitching league. So, and I, when it gets down to it, they have to play the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. They don't have those free wins. And when it comes September, those games are going to matter. And, I wanna, and I'm not sure that they're better than either one of those teams. I'm going to have to agree with Matt. I was going to go with definitely with the Rockies. I already called them on collapsing. But unlike the Diamondbacks, they truly are. And you saw that before the break and with that series against the Mets. And I'm looking at the same thing Matt is with baseball reference. Uh, yeah, Freeland's the only guy with a ERA under four, which is very concerning. Yeah, they got Holland with the 1.62. But, yeah, you're playing teams like the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. I was radical for calling out the Diamondbacks. But the Rockies are the reasonable th- a team that might just not make it to the postseason they're very much overperformed that first half of the year and i just don't think they can keep it up uh the american league i'm gonna i don't want to say the yankees because we're already starting to see their cracks but i'm just gonna call it out anyway i know they didn't close it very well but i just it was i i wrote back at the beginning of the year how predicting how awesome the Braves and the Yankees uh, farm system was. You can go check that out, too. That's two plugs in one podcast. Oh, yeah. But the Yankees, uh, they're get, they got to get their guys up. I don't think they should go crazy at the deadline unless they want Matt Adams. They can take Matt Adams, give us something cool. <laughs> uh, but, no, I think the Yankees, it's still a year out, and I just think uh, they very much overperformed. All right, and coming on the other side, teams that have underperformed, I think uh, Matt mentioned the Indians and Doc mentioned the Indians and how that division is just kind of sitting there. I think the Indians still have good pitching and I really feel that they're going to start to pick it up and get back to their World Series caliber of play. Speaking of World Series, in the NL, the Cubbies. That Cubs team is still a really, really good team. That lineup is one of the best in the league. So I think that they're both going to pick it up and get back to a high level. Don't know if it's going to be enough to drive them, either of them, back to World Series. But it's going to be fun to watch. Who do you guys have as your uh, teams that underperform that are going to do better? This is boring. I'm going to agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, mean, there's not much to go into. Definitely the Cubs. I mean, who saw – I mean, Schwarber really surprised everybody to see him just fall off like he did having a batting average under 200 going back down to Iowa. And they can't find a trade. They can't find a trade for him. Nobody wants him right now. That, that was surprising very much, but I really... Can't play a position. That's his problem. Yeah, the Cubs are finally getting it on, and uh, a series to watch if you're just looking for some good baseball over the next couple of days and you want to see two hot teams. Yeah, I'm going to plug my own Braves again. Yeah, you're going to want, want to watch that Cubs and Braves uh, series. The Braves just swept the wild card team, and the Cubs are back again. It's going to see... Uh, I think it's really going to set the tone for either team going forward since... The Cubs are 5.5 games out, and the Braves are 6, and it's going to set the tone. And, then, of course, the American League, the Indians, they just, I thought they were going to be much better. I think they will be much better. Um, For the NL, my underperforming team is the Mets. I don't, but the difference is I don't think they're going to pick it up. I just think that this lineup, just the, the output that you're getting from them just isn't very good. So the team that I think will pick it up and do well in the second half, I would have to go with the Cubs. And then for the American League, thinking the Indians, the Indians and the Mariners, both teams that I think are just underperforming. I think they're better than their records are, and it wouldn't be a surprise if I saw both of them in October. 
So note to self, that was really boring. And next year, we have to be a lot better when we talk about that. <laughs> but no. It's not our fault. It's the league. Yeah, no. <laughs> they were the obvious picks. I was just uh, kidding around right there. Going on, I'm, we're going to talk about the outlook for some of our local teams and Doc with your favorite team. I'm going to take the lead on the Mets since I'm the only one that actually maybe cares about the Mets because I have some family ties. My brother-in-law, my father-in-law, they like the Mets, so I do follow them. Second half outlook is really going to depend on whether or not they're sellers or if they try and right the ship. They have pretty much no shot at the division, and they really have to get on some real good win streaks for the wild card. But I also don't see Sandy making too many moves because he loves his pitchers. So I think the Mets are in a tough outlook for the second half. Their hitting is slowly coming around. Jay Bruce is still hitting well. They have Cespedes back, who actually just got hurt again. Uh, so that could be an issue. Conforto slowed down. They're, they're in a tough spot. I think the Mets could pick it up. They could, at best, play 500 baseball the rest of the way. But my hope for Mets fans, I think they want to see this. I think the Mets need to be sellers. I think if your name isn't DeGrom, then you're on the books. You're able to be sold. That should be the only guy that's untouchable. They need to bring up Rosario. They need to but bring why? up Smith. Why? Because why DeGrom? Because DeGrom's the only guy that has shown that he could pitch at an MLB level still. Matt's is always hurt. Wheeler hasn't come back strong at all. Who well, is Matt? Is the best guy on the team right now. I mean, the pitching wise, he has the best ERA. He does, but he's. But can you rely on Steven Matz to stay healthy? You can't oh, rely on any of those guys to stay healthy. Degrom's been the best one health wise out of all them, and I've I actually really like Jacob Degrom, so I might be but a little biased there. In keeping him, I mean, what if what if? I mean, I don't see the Mets being contender next year. They have a lot of cap space coming up, but we all know what the Mets. We all. We all know what the Mets do, and they're not going to spend the money that their fans beg them to spend. And Degrom, why keep them? That's just what I think. So the Santos says, the, the, "Sell the house." K Doc, what do you think about the Mets? Well, yeah, the Mets are just back to their uh, their rightful position, the joke of the league. They've done. It's not only that they're losing; everybody loses at times. It's that they're losing in the way they are, and have the social media. Uh, not, not just social media, the fiasco that they're having that is blowing up on social media. You know, it's a little things like you even see them, uh, uh, their Mr. Mets so upset he's giving fans the finger. <laughs> <laughs> but you've, you got to talk about, I mean, the moves Sandy Optician should make is to get rid of everybody that's beneath him, Start, especially Terry Collins, and especially, uh, um, I don't know his last name, it's Ray or whatever, their trainer. And they got to, those are the things that just gotta fix in order for this team to even go somewhere pitching wise want to hear a shocking stat the Mets the Mets ERA their whole team pitching ERA is 4.87 are you kidding me <laughs> are, are you kidding me yeah you... I'm looking at it right now it's like uh Harvey uh he's still on the DL 5.25 Wheeler four. I don't even know Wheeler still exists that's how awful they mismanaged him 4.86 uh it's just ooh. Syndergaard's not is gone right now. Syndergaard is just injured himself the way he pitches. We talk about that a lot, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Mets, I don't see them going anywhere quickly. Mets fans, sorry to do that to you. I tried to defend you and give you a sunny outlook, but we have Kadok and Santos here, and 
one's Trust a brave fan. And they have Escobo <laughs> Cabrera at second base making errors. So you know what? Just he's better know. than he was at shortstop. <laughs> They're still trusting Reyes. That's another joke. I don't know why they don't bring up Rosario. You know, the, the whole the whole thing's a joke. Oh. Rosario, and they also have Duncan Smith sitting there at first. And if you're listening, Sandy, trade the Yankees, Duda. We need him. And we don't want Duda. I would love Lucas Duda on that short porch. Are you, you out of your mind, Matt? Adams. For a year? Why do we? We don't need. We don't need that. I'm not. I don't want Lucas Duda. You want Choi to sit there and keep playing? Yeah, he can hit home runs too. What's Oh, tell me, what is Lucas Duda? Lucas Duda isn't that good of a fielder, and he's not much of a step up with batting. Oh, I think. What's he... the point of giving up anything? I mean, we could give up so a bag of potato chips. Uh, yeah, but I don't want any trade with the Mets. And speaking of the Yankees, Matt, what is your <laughs> second half outlook for the Yankees? I think we're going to see a lot of 500 ball. I'm not sure if they're going to get it together. I'd like to think their stats their stats suggest they should have a better record than they do. And if they could keep up the stats, then there's no reason they shouldn't be a playoff team. But right now, with the injury to Pineda, they don't even know who's going to start tomorrow. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get over that hump of 500 ball. In your opinion, it looks like Judge has been slowing down a little. He struggled again today. He had a little dribbler that he beat out to third, but that snapped an 0 for 12 for him. Are we going to see the Aaron Judge of the first half, or is a full season going to take its toll? Is he going to get tired, and we're going to start to see him come back down to earth a little? Oh, without question, I don't think there's no. I don't think he's going to maintain the numbers that he did. But if he does, I couldn't be happier. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to call for his head if he struggles and maybe only bats 280 the second half uh, only 280 you know only yeah so <laughs> you can't really get you can't really get upset and i'll add something on the yankees go ahead k-doc the first half is like you know the yankees it's it's when they win you got to know everybody's gonna be like it's the new york yankees 28th here we come that's the whole nation that's the media if they have even a sniff of winning even uh, sometimes when they don't deserve it this year they obviously did with their start but uh you gotta realize it's good it's definitely coming back down to where they should have been this should have been and it's turning out to be a good it needs to be a rebuild year especially if they can't get to the wild card and i feel like they've shown before the all-star break that they really can't or they don't have the tools to even make it far in the postseason they're pitching i know tanaka's been really disappointing i know uh they were really hoping that he'd uh get improve and i don't know the future of him uh you gotta add to that matt tanaka i can't you leave him alone doc <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ch- i mean uh, oh, Chapman. Kill- go ahead sorry uh, why, are you, why are you killing the yanks your boy kimbrell gave up a blue save last night i don't want to hear it and that was a solo home run it's not like 18 blown saves oh Chapman. yeah well, <laughs> so moving he's on not my, he's not my baby anymore i hate the red Sox. so doc moving on for you um and your whole entire two fans in georgia for the braves oh, who okay. how do you feel about their the braves in their second half are they really going to make a run at this wild card thing or what do you see them doing the optimist of me says holy crap holy am i allowed to say crap you could say crap okay i forgot i'm so sorry uh I was like, "Holy crud! We just the Braves just swept a wild card team that was showing that was blowing everybody away. They split with the Nationals. I mean, they should have taken three out of four. Jim Johnson was atrocious. Blew a three-run lead in that game. Should have taken three out of four. 
Uh, but the optimist in me says if they could win this month, we'll determine it. I hope they can. But if not, just a little bit over 500. Just show that they can be there next year. Get rid of some of the guys that you got at the beginning of the year. Maybe Brandon Phillips or Matt Adams. Maybe I prefer Matt Adams. Right now, get Freddie back to first. Camargo, who's been very hot. 333 average at third. I want to see over 500 ball. That's what I want to see, and that's reasonably what I expect. Yeah, you're not going to get it. Over, over 500? Not going to get it. No, it would, not, with that, not with that rotation. You know what they've been since the Julio, last Julio, time? They were on a 16 losing streak back in May. They've been 34 and 25 since. They're going to get rid of... Uh, it's not, it's not playoff material, but it's 500 rebuilding material. And everyone, this, the Yankees to be at. this is what, what I get all the time when K-Doc and Santos debate <laughs> anything sports. You guys are in on some of our actual group conversations. So we're going to move on. You don't see these group chats, guys. We're going to move on from the outlooks, and I'm just going to go down. We're all going to give our playoff picks our world series matchup and our championship way too early just because this type of stuff is fun and i love looking back and seeing how wrong we are so for me in the al my wild card teams are the yankees and the royals my al east champions are the red sox central the indians west the Stros. nl wild card doc you're going to be happy about this the braves and the brewers Ooh. east i have the nats uh, running away with it still Central, the Cubs are going to pick it up and they're going to get it. And the West is obviously the Dodgers. My World Series matchup, this is where I pissed Doc off, is going to be the Red Sox and the Nationals. Eventual Ooh, champions. Pick cotton. Let's hope it pays off. The eventual champions for me are the Red Sox. I think Chris Sale, he's just going to have one of those Madison Bumgarner-like years in the playoffs where every time he takes the ball, you know you're getting a minimum of eight innings and you're going to get really good baseball. I think he's unstoppable. I think dudes like Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Dustin Pedroia still has enough in the tank to make a few plays. I think Pedroia is going to be like Chase Utley on that last run for the Phillies where he just hits just enough to be a factor. I think the Red Sox right now, they're in a championship mode with the championship team. I hate them. I really can't stand them, but they're really good. So that's my picks. Uh, I'm the least amount of home runs. In yeah, the let world. me go. Can I go first on that? <laughs> go ahead, Doc. You can go with your picks. Cybermetrics. Get... Cybermetrics? D- cybermetrics. Did you say cybermetrics? <laughs> Doc, let me hear your picks here because obviously you guys love mine so much. Doc, let me get your oh, picks. Yeah. I'm going to go with the captain of. Well, I don't know if I want to go all in the division. I'll just. I guess I'll give it out. Nationals by default. Uh, I think the. Ooh, that might be tough to see if the Cubs might pass them. I'll say the Brewers continue and hang on. Cubs with that first wild card. Uh, Dodgers, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm going to stick with my Braves-Cubs just because it's fun. American League, uh, yeah, got the Red Sox going, Indians going, Astros obviously going. Wild card was tough. I've been looking at this over and forth. You know, I like Matt said. I, I said the Rays under, uh, are the teams that are not getting enough attention, but I'm not sure if I have enough confidence with the teams that are around them so you know i might go Ooh, this is tough i have no clue <laughs> I, haven't been, I haven't been enough watching enough american leagues if we're be, american league games to be honest so i'm just going to go pick a random one out of uh my butt and say rangers and royals could be worse and what do you got for your world series <laughs> 
Yeah, you wanna? I said random. And World Series, I'm gonna go with the obvious picks. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen two teams be really good like they have. I, I really, I want it to happen. Everybody else, especially those in Houston, because they never won a World Series game. They've only been the one. I'm gonna go with the Astros and the Dodgers, just because it's awesome to see how these two teams that are playing so awesome and above everybody else. The Astros, uh, when I watched those two games um, most recently again at SunTrust Park to see them not strike out take counts take a counts of three and two and just find a way to hit the ball and score 10 runs in every game it's just like I didn't even think they had bad spots the Braves pitchers a newcomer was like he didn't have bad spots to the worst spots in the world the Astros were still crushing it so I'm going to go I hope for that World Series and I want it Nationals of course are going to lose in the D- uh, division series because that's just what they love to do in Washington D.C. Go to the playoffs and then not show up. And who wins? I'm, I'm gonna you know, be biased. I don't like the Dodgers that much. Uh, just because I don't like them, I want the Astros to win. I think they have it. I think uh, that lineup is just crazy. I hope the pitching holds up. I think they might go six because they'll lose both games to Kershaw. But you know, I think Astros in six. And there you go, Houston. Now, now over to you, Santos. What do you got? Oh, all right. I'll start in the National League. In the National League, the NL East, it's the Nationals, the NL Central. I have the Brewers, and the NL West, I have the Dodgers. For the two wild card teams, the uh, first wild card team will be the Diamondbacks, and the second wild card team will be the Cubs. In the American League, we're going to have the Red Sox from the AL East. We'll have the Indians from the AL Central, and the Astros from the AL West. For my wild card teams, I'm going to go Yankees with the first wild card, and Mariners with the second wild card. You like the Mariners a lot. Yeah, you do. Oh, I never. I don't think I've, I've seen anybody this year on um, Twitter or anything just have faith in the Mariners. And, I mean, it's just their history. And I just haven't seen them get it together since Canoas got there. What? It's just, can you just say it again? What, what sets this team apart? It's just I love their rotation. I think they have five good pitchers going every night. They have arguably two aces. You have, you have James Patton pitching one night who has an outstanding ERA. I'm pretty sure it is under two, I'm pretty sure it's under 250. I'm not certain on that. He strikes out seven batters a game, eight batters a game. And then you have Felix. If Felix figures it out, uh, you you have the I just feel like there's too much talent on this team and there's just their team gets on base. They don't have a problem with scoring runs. I just don't see why this team can't make a run. They have the pitching. I mean, there's question in the in the bullpen, but Fernando Rodney has been outstanding this season, and no one has said a thing. Oh, and my World Series matchup, I don't... The Cleveland Indians and the Dodgers, and I have the Dodgers winning in uh, seven. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You don't see them beating Kershaw at all. Like, I don't see anybody beating Uh, Kershaw in the World Series. I just, I'm high on the Dodgers. I think they score. They score a lot of runs. They have a good manager in Dave Roberts. They're having a good year. I've learned to be wary of playoff Kershaw. So, yeah, I would see people beating him because in the playoffs, for some reason, Clayton Kershaw isn't Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. You got to think he's going to get it all together eventually. Uh, Maybe this year's the year, maybe not. And speaking of getting it together... Gold Cup, USA Soccer. Is this the year? Is this the coach? Is this the youth movement and the team that we can finally see U.S. soccer take a step into becoming one of the more legitimate countries? 
Uh, they've been playing rather well in the Gold Cup. They've been playing really well in their Bruce Arena. Six wins, zero losses, five ties since he took over the team. With these Gold Cup games, we've seen a lot of youth. What do you, Santos, you being our soccer guy, you're not the biggest person, biggest fan of U.S. soccer. You prefer Portugal, but do you see this as a better sign of what's to come with all the youth and how they've been playing? I mean, yeah, it's exciting to see all these young players, but I'm not really seeing I'm not impressed. I mean, honestly, I'm most impressed by Dom Dwyer, and he isn't a he isn't youth. He's just a new face who recently uh, acquired U.S. citizenship and is eligible to play for the U.S. And he's been a wonderful addition. And I think I think the main problem with this U.S. national team there's no just there's no difference between the starting eleven and the bench players and there's nothing there's no like drop off they're an even team but they're an even team of just average players and sure Pulisic he's oh he has a lot of potential but you can't expect a kid to do it on his own he's out there with Michael Bradley who's who's not impressive you we still hold on to Josie Altador we we're holding on to players that we hype up just because we don't have anything else that just aren't that good you can't play in the MLS and expect to win a World Cup. Okay. Okay. Hey, Matt, hey, Matt. or Santos, as we're calling him. Uh, how would you, how would you describe, describe this team to me, the traditional American who hasn't watched a lick of soccer recently or uh, friendlies? But how would you describe to get me excited about the World Cup? I mean, I wouldn't talk about the U.S. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, they, they might not lose every game, but. This U.S. team isn't going to win a World Cup. I'm not going to lie to you and say that. That I don't think they'll even make it to the quarterfinals, to be fair. I'm just not impressed. And speaking... Like the rest of New Jersey. Go Germany. <laughs> speaking of uh, some changes that they made and some of the guys that Matt mentioned, um, and somewhat a surprise, uh, Bruce Arena decided to drop down Dwyer Rowe, who have been the two best players so far in the Gold Cup. Awful. Keeper Guzan Hamid Johnson and Alexandro Bedoya and bring up some old faces in Quint Dempsey, Michael Bradley, Josie Aldator, Darlington Nagby, Tim Howard, and Jose Gonzalez. Now, these Matt was just talking about how we hold on to old players, and this is a perfect example. Since Dempsey has come on, he's been praised as one of the better players. Me and Matt both talked about this. He's not the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's a decent player on the world stage, but he's not what everyone makes him out to be. Josie Altador doesn't deserve to be on the pitch. Michael Bradley is serviceable at best, if you want to say that. The only guy that I get excited for is seeing Darlington Nagby up. So I know Matt already expressed his feelings. Matt, touch a little bit on Darlington Nagby. I wouldn't even bother with the rest. Touch a little bit on Darlington Nagby and what you like about him. He's a good box. He could play center mid. He could also play out in the wing. He has a great engine. He has a real, real vision. And just, I feel like he really just opens up the field when the ball's at his feet. And he's he's a good holding midfielder, or even he's a good right mid. And you know what? He has the pedigree to play for this U.S. national team. And he should be someone that you expect to see in the lineup. Now, do I think Arena's going to do that? Probably not. Because I do sense a little fear with out with uh, out with the old and in with the new with him, he's afraid of that a little bit that, like Klinsman was. 
clinging on to these older players. So we'll see what happens, but Nagby is a step in the right direction. K-Doc, are you interested at all in what the U.S. team is doing, how they're playing? Does any of this affect you at all? Yes, my entire life. I can't live on without <laughs> hearing my soccer news. No, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I just don't have the knowledge, really, too much. I mean, I'm starting to get in the MLS in general, which I know is when I talk to people, it's just not even close to it how good f- football soccer really is. You know, Atlanta finally got a team to I can jump on. But, you know, I really don't know. I'm just glad Jurgen Durgen's gone. And for me, this is part of the problem. Like, me and Matt are – Matt's a mega soccer fan. He loves the sport. He eats, sleeps, and breathes it. I really enjoyed the sport. I grew up playing it. I don't follow it as closely as Matt, but I also love the sport. So it's tough. We don't have that fervor for this sport in America that we have for sports like baseball, basketball, football. All right. So there you guys have it. Thank you for listening to the second episode of the Sports Opinions Podcast. Again, I want to thank our contributors, KDOC and Santos, for coming on. You can catch KDOC on Twitter at BravesMolder and Santos on Twitter at M underscore Santos 7. I'm your host, Alex Cuesta. You can find me on Twitter at AQuestaNBN. Again, thank you for listening and have a good one.